This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. would like to welcome everyone who's tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willie for you and I'll be with you for the next hour with my program called Body Matters. I really hope you all had a wonderful week so far and today I'm going to be chatting to Dr. Gerda Fenter and her ministry is called Free to Celebrate and we're going to chat about a very interesting topic. Um, we're going to be chatting about the biblical feast. There are seven feasts and yeah, so Dr. Fadda is going to inform us a little bit about each feast, how the gifts um, of the Spirit and even our gifts, that God-given gifts, all slot in to these feasts. So without further ado, um, I just want to welcome you, Fadda. How are thank you? you? Thank you. I am well. And um Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come and speak to you about this. So. No, it's a pleasure. It's such a pleasure. Um, Gerda, I know you a little bit. You've been on the program before, and previously you've spoken about the gifts of the Spirit because that is um, predominantly your ministry. But yes. the feast also fall within that um, within that ministry. It's like a branch or from the gifts. Am I right? That- Yes, actually, that is quite, um, it is part of a personal journey for me, okay, in the sense that um, when we started with Free to Celebrate and I started to discover the, um, the redemptive gifts or the gifts in Romans 12, then I also discovered that I was an exhorter. Okay. And exhorters um, like to party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and that is how, um, and actually long before I really understood my own gifting, okay. um, God has already took me on a journey in discovering the feasts. And at that point, I didn't quite understand why or how they connect and how we, I didn't understand at all that it was connected to my my gifting and um, that I only discovered later on and then I understood the journey that God took me on in discovering everything about the feasts but um, yeah for me it was just an amazing personal journey. Yeah, I'm very, very interested in hearing how the two go hand in hand. But before we get there, don't you want to just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and just give us a bit of background um, about who is Gerda Fenter? Yes, I will. Um, Well, I am married uh, for 32 years already and we have two daughters. One is second year in varsity and the other one is matric this year. So I'm writing matric again. And then um, I'm a social worker and I actually, at the moment, I'm involved in training social auxiliary workers. So that is my Mm. profession. So the whole um, thing that I discovered about the giftings um, was, for me, it was related to what I already was studying um, Mm. and part of my profession but obviously, it was just now from a biblical perspective, perspective and not from a psych- 
psychological psychology perspective or a social work perspective. Okay. Now that sounds very interesting. And tell me, um, free to celebrate. That's your ministry with the gifts. Don't you want to just tell us what your ministry is all about? And yeah. Yes. Share with um, us. Free to celebrate. We started with in 2010, in actual fact, with a study, and then we only started presenting in um, the seminars in 2012 already. So. It is 10 years this yeah, year that sure. we are um, presenting the seminars, but it started at the church that I'm a member of, Logos Christian Church. And um, it was just a matter of getting involved because the congregation had a need for a um, course about this and mm. a seminar to have information available yes. to our um, congregation about the topic of the Romans 12 gifts. or There's many names for that. Mm. <laughs> some people call them the redemptive gifts. Some uh, call them the um, motivational gifts. The Bible actually calls them grace gifts or gifts, wow. gifts of grace. Okay, And then that's how I got involved in this project. And then uh, we started with it. And... Um, yeah, we're still going 10 years later. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we are still, um, still presenting it. And now we have grown because they, uh, as we went on with it, we realized that there were other needs as well. There were needs for follow-up seminars. So we have two follow-up seminars. We also have one that is more centered about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because that was a need um, in the body of Christ. And then out of that, for me, with my personal journey about my gifting and learning to celebrate again, um, mm. also actually the whole thing about the feasts were put in a different framework for me because I knew about the gifts before I, ach, the feasts, before I really discovered uh, the gifts and my personal gift mm. and the impact it had on me um, was really amazing. So, yeah. yeah, and that's that's how it happened. And just quickly, just offhand, why do you think it's important? And I know, wait, we're going to come back to that question a little bit later. So, we're going to take a short break and then we'll chat after this. Hi, this is Alana Olivier and you've just tuned into Body Matters. And I am chatting to Gerda Fenter from Free to celebrate and we are chatting about all the different biblical feasts that there are and also how does our gifting god-given gifts tie in with these um feasts so how to tell me a little bit um just just often why is it important um why is it uh, important that we know our gifts Okay, so um, do you sometimes wonder why you think and act one way and your friends and your family and your husband and your children act and think a completely different way. Do you sometimes wonder whether your logic is just not logic to anybody else? Definitely. <laughs> Does that only happen in my family? No. <laughs> okay, so that is actually why it is important because we are really wired differently. Mm. And that wiring has to do with the fact that we were created in the image of God. 
So every person is a reflection of the image of God because mm. that is what he has placed in us. But mm. we have different components of his character in us. So your head really isn't wired like mine or like my husband or my children. And so, and, and that causes, a, if we don't understand that, it causes a lot of, it can cause a lot of conflict mm. um, because we, we tend to think everybody thinks like we do. Or everybody should think and do like we do. And no, it's not It's not the way somebody mm. else is thinking. And that is the gifting that makes that difference. Okay. So the one reason why it is important for me is that it really helps us to get to a better and deeper understanding of who God is. Because if we know who God is, then we know who he has created us to be. Um, if we don't know who God is, then we don't know who he, who we are supposed to be. Yes. And that causes created us. Because we created in his image. Absolutely. Yeah. And it causes us to be devalidated in, in our own um, identity. And we cannot be effective in his kingdom and dangerous to the enemy's kingdom kingdom if mm. we are not validated in um, who he is and who he is in us and who he made us to be. Mm. Um, so for me, that is the value, firstly, is getting to know who God is and what his image really is that he has yes. placed in us. And the second part is about then about how do I reconcile, how do I enrich, how do I help people in terms of relationships. You can think I'm a social worker. So in social work, we, we work with a lot of broken relationships and how do mm. we restore that? How does communication look for you and for me? And how mm. do we... How do we reconcile conflict and yes. relationships and build that? And how does it change the way I think about raising my child? And how mm. does it how change the way I think about my husband and the fact that he does things differently than what I do it yes. or the other way around? Yeah, that sounds very interesting because for me, it's, um, you know, we all, as you said, created in God's image. And I do believe that God has given us a part of, of who he is, his character, you yes. know, to, to fulfill that. And, and it's very true what you're saying, because once we know what we were created for, for, for me, when I see the gifting, I believe the gift is to fulfill our purpose. Once we Absolutely. know our gifts, we know the purpose we were called for, because I know giftings comes naturally. Some of us have natural yes. tendency to certain things like my son is very art and creative. The other one is very black and white, you know? So as you said, we all, we all different. And I think it's so true. Once we understand what we were created for, what, what the gifting is, we can see beyond each other's differences. And I, I think it also just what comes to mind is that we can't compare Absolutely. With one another. You accept who you are. If you flow with what God created you to flow, you'll flourish. Absolutely. But also, we, ca we don't need to be threatened by somebody else. Yes. Um, because only I can 
um, fulfill the purpose that God has created me for. Nobody else can do yes. that. And everybody has a purpose and everybody has a gift. Um, so what, what are these gifts that, that you talk about? Okay, there are actually three uh, distinctly different groups of gifts in the Bible. Okay, so we get the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, yes. which we read about in First Corinthians 12. Then we read about the ministry offices in Ephesians 4. And then we read about a group of gifts in Romans 12, which is neither one of the other two. Mm. They are a natural ability that we get born with that we already have while we don't know God yet. Mm. And that um, we need, that Paul says we need to not conform with to this world, but be renewed yeah, in like our mind and be transformed. Mind. Yes. So when we get born again, we still have that immaturity and we still need to have that transformation of our mind that needs to be renewed mm. with. And that is the set of gifts that he refers to when he mentions them in Romans 12. But some of these words are the same words. Okay, so these gifts are prophet, servant, teacher, exhorter, giver, ruler, and mercy. So you can hear there's also an office of the teacher and an office of the prophet. Mm. And there's also prophet in uh, mentioned in First um, Corinthians 12, which is a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. And those gifts are not the same, but the mm. word we have to take back to the context to mm. understand what kind of gift the Bible is yes. referring to. So tell me, and and the gifts, just to, I know you've put it in briefly. Now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those are the ones that the, just to confirm, the ones that he gives us, for instance, the supernatural gift to yield, but it's just for a, a certain time or for a specific incident. Um, is that the one that you talk about, the gifts of the Spirit? So yes. The words of knowledge, words of, yes, um, and, and also pro prophecy. Yes, and they also sometimes overlap in the in the other giftings. No, that the, that the prophet one completely the different. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah. So those those are some of the things that we explain to people yes. when we are doing these gifts. Okay, because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are always supernatural; they're yeah. never ours. Yes, but some of us, if we read um, Romans twelve get born with a natural ability that is also called, uh, where Paul also used the word prophet. Mm. But what he, what he means with it in the culture where they come from, mm. it's is more somebody like um, an inspirational speaker okay. or a motivational speaker. Okay. 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 So they're born with a natural ability. You know, some people... Um, when you're in school and you have to do an oral, you know, then we get um, anxiety attacks for three weeks before we have to do no, this oral. And other, some of us um, don't even think about it in, in the morning when we drive to school in car, we quickly think, okay, what am I going to talk about? And then we just get up and talk about it yeah, because it's, it's a just natural, natural ability for the one person and the other person can learn to do public speaking, but it's never a natural yes. ability. If you have to learn to do something, mm -hmm. then that is not your natural ability gift. 
No, I'm I'm with you on that. I just wanted to clarify because I know that the gift, the spirit gives us gifts at certain times. Yes. But it's not ours. No. And then you get the ones that you're naturally born with. Yeah. And then I'm just trying to identify. I can't remember all the three categories. Can can you can you just tell us the, the three others the, the, are the, the gifts? Ministry yeah. gifts. Okay. Yes. So that is an that is more like a a job description. Okay, so you get the three. The one is a supernatural gift mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit. The other one is a natural ability that you are born with and you have it. And what are those? So that's the one you mentioned. That now. is Romans 12. Okay. Yes. And the one in Ephesians. And then the ministry offices in Ephesians okay. 4. Those are a job description. That is more like a calling or an appointment okay. where God appoints you into a the office of the teacher or the office of the prophet. Okay, sorry I'm asking you. It's just no, to get no. the understanding clear between the three. Yes. And then the last one that you've mentioned now is the prophet, the evangelist. Am I right? Yes. And pastor, the pastor the teacher, teacher, and, and the... Apostle. Apostle, yes. Yes. Okay, so I just wanted to clarify the three. That's right. And then tell me how does the gifts... Now slot into the feast, because that to me is very interesting. Okay. So one of the gifts in Romans 12 is the gift of exhortation. Okay. Now, the gift of exhortation has part of their design. It has an, a, a natural ability to want to celebrate. Okay. And that, that we often say they are a party that... Um, is waiting to happen. Okay. okay. And so that's yours. <laughs> they want to they want to party. Okay. But um and, and that is where the the feasts for me became very important in my own life. Okay. okay. Because what happened is that I grew up in a very conservative um environment. So I was never allowed to party, okay, because mm. what is our concept of party? Our mm. concept of party really is the drink, braai, loud music, dance, you know, Drugs, rock and unholy, absolutely yes. scenario. So our concept is either you are partying in the world and then you're in the wrong space or you don't party at all because party is wrong. Party is sinful. And then God had to take me on this journey because to really discover that he is a God of celebration. Mm. And the purpose of the party in the exhorting gift is to celebrate him. Mm. That is what he originally intended the party to be. So that what we know as the party today is the perversion of the enemy. And the enemy does not want us to discover that God is also a God that in actual fact celebrates. It's part of his character to celebrate. Mm. It's part of what he has placed in us is to celebrate him. And then he needed to take me on a journey to show me how to party Mm. in brackets or celebrate in his kingdom and what does that mean yes. and that's where where the insight for me came in terms of um, 
I am actually allowed to celebrate as long as I can celebrate him mm. in his kingdom. Mm. Then that is, then I'm, I am living out what he has placed inside of me in, um, in a godly way. Sure. So coming to the next question, so tell us about, first, first tell us what are the seven feasts? And okay. then just tell us a little bit more about these feasts. I mean, I've heard of them, but I don't know, always know the detail of, of why do we actually celebrate these feasts? Yes, um, the feasts, I think we know mostly about at least some of them. But there are seven feasts that God has instituted in the Old Testament and specifically in terms of Israel and their journey when they left um, Egypt. And the first one was Passover mm. and then unleavened bread. And then it was also first fruits was the third one. And then there are Pentecost. And um, then we have the Feast of Trumpets and we had the um, Day of Atonement. And then they had the Feast of Tabernacles. And then, obviously, they also had the Shabbat Feast, but um, which was once a week, which is also yes, a and feast. Yes, a Friday, yes. Yes, they had the Shabbat, on, uh, which is once a week. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to talk about the Shabbat um, today. What we are going to talk about is the seven feasts that God actually um, instituted um, in Israel, for Israel, and how it actually tells the story of the gospel during mm. the year is really amazing. Okay, so please share with us, yeah. Okay. Um, yes, so I think we all know the Old Testament story of Israel when they were still in Egypt, and then um, God sent Moses to actually bring them out of Egypt and eventually take them into the promised land. So this whole journey that God took them on, um, and then he started off with them in Egypt with the first Passover when he said to them that they must uh, paint the blood on their doorposts, mm. you remember? And then yeah. the angel of death came and it passed over, that's where the word comes from. Yes. It's the word Peshach, okay, um, in Hebrew. But it passed everybody over. Death passed over everybody that had the blood on the doorposts. Mm. So I think a lot of us already understand that Passover in our time, if we look at New Testament time and the church era mm. that we live in, that even then it was referring to um, Christ that will die on the cross for us and that mm. his blood will oh. save us from death, that sure. it will make us pass over, the, yes. you know, from death to life. Okay. Sure. So if we look at all these feasts, what was very interesting for me is that Jesus fulfilled them. And when we now look back from the New Testament perspective, knowing what we know about Christ, now we can see that he is the fulfillment of all these feasts. And sure. we, when I celebrate the feasts mm. now, 
That is what I celebrate. I mm. celebrate Christ as the fulfillment of mm. the feast. So it's looking at in the Old Testament, they celebrated almost as a prophetic. Yes. And then it was um, God completed it on the cross. It, it was done. And now you celebrate it from the perspective of what God had done. Yes. And the fulfillment of the prophecy or, That's the, right. or the feast. Okay. okay. So there's a lot of it that is completely fulfilled, but there's also in the last part of the feast, the last few, um, there are also some stuff that is not fulfilled yet that is still coming that okay. we are celebrating prophetically from for something that is still going to happen. Okay. Okay. Um, like the Old Testament people celebrated the lamb that would be slain for the, that yes. would still come, which was Christ. Um, we are now living in a place in history that there are still some things that yes. still will be fulfilled. Yeah. And the unleavened bread, can you tell us, share us a little bit about, about that? Yes, um, can I just come back to Passover for a moment? Because okay. I just want to show you um, how that, um, what was very interesting. So when we present this, we actually start at the moment when Jesus, we start the seminar at the moment when Jesus entered as uh, Jerusalem on the donkey. Yes. Okay, because... Did you know that the same day that Jesus entered on the donkey into Jerusalem, that was the same day that they brought the lambs that was going to be sacrificed um, sure. into Jerusalem. And then those lambs were inspected for four days to make sure that they are without blemish sure. before they could be sacrificed in the temple. Oh. And that's exactly what happened. Jesus was inspected for four days and um, then they couldn't find anything that he was guilty of. Mm. And that is why eventually when uh, Pontius Pilate gave the order that he he has to be crucified. He washed his hands yes. because he said, this man is not guilty mm. of anything. And Jesus' whole trial was an unjust trial because yes. to give somebody a death sentence, they have to be guilty or the trial has to be unjust mm. to be able to sentence a not guilty person to death. Sure. Okay. So he's... Trial was unjust, mm. and then he was uh, f crucified in our place, and he was the Lamb of God. Mm. So he was crucified on exactly the same time that the Lamb was um, sacrificed in the temple. Sure. And there's a lot of other symbolism that, um, that we can see because it's about covenant. Jesus um, had the covenant meal with his disciples before he was crucified. And then he actually instituted communion. And he said, this is the bread. Yes. My body is the bread and my blood is um, mm. the wine. Okay. And so we can see from that that he is the Passover yes. sacrifice. But it's also the unleavened bread because leaven it was symbolic of sin. So what they did was um, 
in those days, they had to make their own leaven. It wasn't mm. as easy as go to the, going to, you know. They can pay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for a whole year, what they would do is they would make the leaven and then they would um, save a little bit of that and then next time they would just use it again because that was quicker than because when you make leaven it almost takes seven days to actually make new leaven so they can't make new leaven every time they try to bake bread for the next day Mm. no so what they did was that for passover they took out all the old leaven out of their houses. Mm. But leaven was also symbolic of sin. So for them, it was a sign or a symbol of um, purification, of getting, mm. you know, getting into an um, attitude of repentance yes. and bringing my sin before God and cleansing before we go into uh, Passover. Um, so when Jesus said, you know, the bread, which is the unleavened bread, is my body and the wine is my blood. He was really mm. introducing himself yes. as the feast of Passover sacrifice and as the mm. unleavened bread. Sure. And then the feast of unleavened bread is a seven day feast. So really it gives us that symbolism of none of our old life, nothing mm. can go into the new because Christ makes us completely new. So none of our old, old sin goes into, we die with him yes. and we get resurrected into a new life. Yes. So none of the old gold goes into the new um, because God actually also used leaven as a symbol of his kingdom. When um, we read that, we understand it to mean that leaven permeates everything. So sin permeates everything. Mm. But when God cleans us, his spirit and his kingdom also permeates everything. Yes. And that is actually the symbolism that is um, then attached to unleavened bread is wow. that that is that clean break between mm. our old life of sin and being resurrected with Christ into a new life so none of the old sin comes with us and, and we get a completely new. new life sure and Jesus was and then we get the third feast which is first fruits and in 1 Corinthians 15 we will see that Paul says that he is the first fruit offering of those who died and um, was resurrected in victory over sin. We know that there are some people that he made alive, like Lazarus, you know, mm. died and and mm. was Raised resurrected again. again. But have you ever thought about that, the fact that Lazarus had to die twice? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he didn't. He didn't have victory over death. Yes. No. Mm. He was made alive by God again, mm. but he didn't have victory o- over death. But Jesus never died again. He was, when he was resurrected, he had victory over death and he ascended into heaven. Yes. So he was the first fruits of those mm. that are not going to die and just going to live in victory over yes. sin. Okay. So 
Jesus he overcomes. He overcame death. Overcame death. Yes, yes for us. So Jesus was uh, the resurrect. He was resurrected on the feast or the f- feast of first, first fruits. fruits. Okay. Yes. So when we celebrate that, we celebrate him as the first one mm. that has victory Risen over from the dead. Yes. Over death. Yeah. Sure. That's powerful. Yes. And yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on some of the other the ones. Uh, we don't. We probably don't have enough time to go into too much detail on each one. But yes. I think it's important that you touch on the others. Yeah, yeah on the others, okay. just to give us an idea of what the others are all about. Yes. So exactly fifty days after um, Passover is Pentecost. Okay. So mm-hmm. you will remember that Jesus ascended into heaven, and then he said to his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until he um, sent them the Holy Spirit. And they did. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost. Mm. Okay, that is why they were together in Jerusalem. They were celebrating that feast, which was the feast that they celebrated, the giving of the law at Sinai in the Old Testament. And on that exact day... He poured out his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on them and they started to testify and became witnesses. And 3,000 people were um, came into the kingdom mm. because of what they were testifying. So that is Pentecost. Yes, but okay. it's so awesome because it's like replacing the law. That is exactly what spirit. it is about. Okay. It's that. Yeah, should starting to make sense Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And then after Pentecost, we have a, a few months. I can't remember exactly now. It's three, four months um, that we have where the people would in Israel, they would be working in the fields. Mm. So it really gives us a picture of the mm. church. Yes. That was sent out when they were when they received the Holy Spirit. They were sent out into the fields, yes. into the harvest, to actually um, go make disciples. Go yeah. make disciples, yeah. and then at the end of that period, there was a feast that was called the Feast of Trumpets. And now, the, when we know that it says the Bible says to us, when the last trumpet blow, then um, he will be coming back. No. Mm. Now, in those years when the last trumpet blew, then what it meant is that the harvest was finished. Sure. And they, it was a call mm. for them to come to the temple because yeah. it was also a reminder of the day of atonement, which would follow 10 days later. Now, the day of atonement. Can I, can I just go back to the trumpets? Yes. I know I'm trying to see the symbolic meaning of the trumpets. Mm. I mean, you can touch on the symbolic. Yeah, yeah. For me, it seems like the coming of Christ yes. when the harvest is taken. I'm, I'm just adding to it as you're Absolutely. talking. Yeah. And okay, okay. So then after that is the day of atonement. It's the day of atonement, yes. But the Day of Atonement is um, uh, traditionally seen as Judgment Day. Okay. Mm. So the Feast of Trumpets also serve as a warning. It reminds us that Mm. judgment is coming Mm. eventually and that we must make sure that our hearts are right with God so that when He comes uh, for that, 
then we will be ready. So wow. Feast of Trumpets is for me almost understood best in the light of um, the the Day of Atonement that is mm. going to come. Um, yes, yeah, so Feast of Trumpets definitely is seen as the day when the last tum- trumpet would would blow and when Christ will come back. He said to his disciples when he ascended, he said to them, I'm going to prepare for you a place. And mm. when I have done that, I will come back to fetch you. So it definitely has that connotation of yes. the last trumpet is blowing. He is warning it's us. The warning. Time Thomas. is is running out sure. the the time of the church era where we are working in the fields and mm. bringing in the, the harvest, harvest is people. coming to an end and we are le- now going into the end times wow. so the feast of uh, the day of atonement was really one it's the really the only feast that was celebrated as a, a mourning really mm. and not a joyous feast Okay, and um, that was the day where the high priest went into the Holy of Holies to um, sprinkle the blood onto the mercy seat of God. Mm. Now, mercy means that when we get mercy from God, it means that we don't get what we actually deserve. The punishment we actually deserve, that's right. And we now know that Jesus is our high priest and that he offers his blood mm. on the mercy seat of God so that we will not get the punishment sure. of um, our sin that we mm. actually deserve. And then the very last feast yes. is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, in the Old Testament, they celebrated it as uh, with booths. They were, they were living in the desert in mm. temporary dwellings. Yes. And... Um, then they only went into the promised land. So for us, it has that connotation that now we are living in temporary dwellings. Yes. And eventually we will be going into our promised land, yes. into heaven with God, where he will permanently dwell with us. Yes. And we will be permanently in his in His presence. Sure. Okay. Um, as, um, as a as his bride and not as a slave Hmm. because it was a feast also where they thanked God for the fact that he received them into their promised land as sons and not as slaves. He changed their position from when they left Egypt to the, and when they entered into the promised land Hmm. from slaves to sons or heirs and that is exactly what it does sure. with us. That is our prophetic journey from our land of slavery into our promised land, mm. our eternal promised land with Jesus. You know, I'm just sitting here in awe. I think it's the first time someone has actually sat down and explained all the feasts to me. And it, it's just, um, you know, just that symbolic side just has come to life, you know, where you can relate to it. And, and I didn't even realize that it was in chronological order. Yes, it you is. You know, that it's now, I can see the picture, the whole, the, the part of redemption, you know, God's redemption yes. plan from the beginning to the end. And that is why I can see it so important because it's a milestone for each Christian to celebrate what God has done 
in our lives exactly. and what he's still going to and do. And what he's still going to do. So on that note, thank you so much. But on that note, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back shortly. Okay. Thanks. I would just like to everybody that is tuned into Radio K Pulpit. Um, this is Alana Willyfield with Body Matters. And I have been chatting to Dr. Gerda Fenter about our gifts and how the gifts all slot into um, the biblical feast that we celebrate today. Um, Gerda just mentioned how um, she chatted about each feast and what they stood for and why it is important to celebrate them today. But we're going to end off, we're almost at the end of our program. But before I do that, um, Dr. Gerda, don't you just want to share just an encouraging word with the listeners, you know, out there? Yes. Um you know, uh, one of the most amazing discoveries for me was that where the Feast of Tabernacles is, it is a feast of seven days again. No. Yes. But there is also a last day, which is called the eighth day, that they are celebrating as a new beginning. And there's not a lot of information about this mm. day. But then when I did some research, I discovered something very interesting. Jesus revealed himself on the eighth day mm. and during this, during the Feast of Tabernacles and then on the eighth day as a very specific, um, in a very specific way. Okay. He, re- he revealed himself as the Messiah, the bridegroom Messiah. He revealed himself as the living water and he revealed himself as the light. Okay. And it's very important. It was very interesting for me when I discovered that you will remember that story of the adulterous women mm. that was brought to Jesus, and the the Pharisees said, um, you know, she was caught in adultery, and then he said to them, "Well, let the first one who doesn't have sin throw the stone." Mm. You know that story. Now that story happened on the eighth day after the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay. Now, the eighth day is celebrated as a new beginning. But if we look at this, we can see the individual person as getting a new beginning. That woman, Jesus gave her a new beginning Mm. on that day. But if we look at the bigger picture and we see the the whole story of the gospel from Passover through all of these feasts, mm. ending up in the Feast of Tabernacles that refers to our heavenly um, permanent promised land yes. and a new beginning. Mm. Then that woman becomes symbolic of an adulterous nation sure. that broke the covenant mm. with their bridegroom, Messiah, and that he has journeyed with them through all these feasts yes. up to that moment where they came to him as the adulterous women. Sure. And that he then go and give them a new beginning. Wow. And give us, Jew and Gentile, a new beginning in him. So I would really like to encourage the listeners with that, um, is that if we journey with God, it doesn't matter how broken we are and how mm. adulterous we were and how, um, 
how much we have broken the covenant with God. He gives us a new beginning through this whole journey. Mm. And he says to us, go and sin no more. And he gives us a second chance sure. to come back into relationship with mm. him in a personal personal and in a permanent m- way. Mm. And then he gives us a new beginning in him. Sure. So it's all about him with all the feasts and everything. It's all about him. And mm. it is so encouraging to know that he has done all of this for us and that he come and he heals our, bro- our brokenness and bring us back into relationship as his bride. Sure. That is so powerful. Um, would you end off with some prayer for our listeners? Yes. Please. So, Father, thank you that we can come to you today and that we can come as that adulterous woman to you and know that you have taken our sin upon you and that you have given us a new life and a new beginning. And, Lord Jesus, we don't even know how to thank you for that. But we want to believe it. We want to believe you and have faith in you that you have already done it and we want to embrace you as our bridegroom and as our Messiah and as the one that has given us a new life in you. In the name of Jesus we pray that. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for for sharing this beautiful information. And especially for me, it was just something so new, just a, such a new perspective. And I also know, Hada, that you've got some courses coming up. And yes. would you like to maybe, if anybody wants to do some of your gift courses, or I know you've got courses on these feasts, um, and they want to contact you, um, don't you want to just share your details? And also, what is the next um, date of your of your, um, you know, your courses that you are presenting. Yes, we have one on the feasts coming up on the second of April, which is next week Saturday. And um, if anybody wants to contact us, they can or register for any one of our courses. They can just go to the website. The website address is free to celebrate.co.za, but the listeners must please just that two is the number two. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's free to celebrate.co.za, or they can email me also at free to celebrate at gmail.com. Okay, that is great. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about the gifting, you know, each one of us have got a gift. And and yes. I know that um, Harder's courses is just to explain to you and just to, to that God will reveal to you what your gifting is. And I know it's something I'm also going to be attending because I think it's so interesting. And yeah, and, and you can get in touch with Harder just to find out what other courses and when, when they are happening. So Harder, thank you so much for, for coming to to share once again and I pray God's blessings over your ministry and unfortunately Thank this you. is the end of the program so to the listeners out there we'll meet again next Saturday at the same time have a beautiful blessed week from me Alana Willie for you bye this insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. please visit kpulpit.co.za